0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through to Bible teaching program of Pastor Darryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at Psalms 114 and 115. These reflect on the Lord's miracles in delivering Israel from Egypt, and they compare our God with the world's idols. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. Bob Dylan once wrote a song called,
0: You've Gotta Serve Somebody. Now that's true, because we were all created to worship. If we don't worship the true and living God, then we will find something or someone else to worship. A person's God is that master passion ruling his or her life. It's what gets you out of bed in the morning. It's what you live for. Israel had Yahweh or Jehovah, and he was unlike any of the gods of the surrounding nations. Now, Psalms 114 and 115 call upon us to give him the glory for who he is and for what he has done. Psalm 114. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob, from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. Now, it would seem this psalm was composed sometime after the reign of Solomon, when the nation was divided into the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. It celebrates God's deliverance of the people out of Egypt and bringing them into the promised land. Egypt is always a type or a picture of the world. God calls us out of this world, out of the bondage and the slavery of sin and idolatry, and he leads us into the promised land of walking in his spirit in holiness, love, and truth. The sea saw it and fled. Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rams. The little hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you fled? O Jordan, that you turned back? O mountains, that you skipped like rams? O little hills, like lambs? The crossing of the Red Sea was such a marvelous miracle in the history of Israel that it is spoken of much in Scripture. This broke Israel's tie to Egypt. I believe that it is a type or a picture of water baptism in the life of a believer. That symbolizes us dying to the old life of sin and being resurrected into a new life in Christ. Now, 40 years later, they entered the promised land. They crossed the Jordan River. God piled up the waters upstream to allow them to cross. Now, when the people of Jericho saw it, Their hearts melted with fear. Mountains skipping like rams and hills like lambs speak of how they were able to conquer great and small kingdoms alike because God was with them. Now, what are the mountains of difficulty in your life today? What are the hills? Sometimes conquering the mountains of sin's strongholds in our life may seem overwhelming. So then start with the hills. Ask God for his help in conquering the smaller sins. This will give you faith and holiness and strength to take on the bigger ones. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool of water, the flint into a fountain of waters. We talk much about the saints fearing God, but what about the world? God is the God of the entire earth. We will all face him on judgment day. Therefore, the entire earth ought to tremble at his presence and repent of their sins while there is still time. He turned the rock into a pool of water. Now, who is like the Lord? Actually, two times he brought water from the rock. The situation may appear hopeless. You may feel you are in Death Valley, as it were, but God is able to pour out the living water of his spirit even in your desert places. Do you believe this? The theme of Psalm 114 is that if God did these things in the past, he can do them again. His past faithfulness demands our present trust. Isn't he worthy of our worship? Psalm 115, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory, because of your mercy, because of your truth. Why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? It seems that the most natural thing for man to do is to take credit for anything good that happens, and then pass blame for anything bad that happens. But all glory for anything good should be given to the name of the Lord, Yahweh, the self-existing one. He holds our breath in his hand and apart from him, we can do nothing. Now we give him glory because of his mercy and truth. If he was all mercy, then he would have no backbone and he could not judge the wicked. If he was all truth, then there would be no hope for any of us sinners. But God is mercy and truth. He is love and light. Therefore, he is worthy of our praise. Now, the psalmist says, why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? He calls upon God to do something to show them that he still works on behalf of Israel. But our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. The idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. Think of two boys in the playground at school. One says to the other, my dad can beat up your dad. That's what I think of here. The psalmist is basically saying to the pagan nations, our God is better than your God's. Now, first, our God is in heaven. He oversees and overrules us all. He is the creator and the sovereign king of the universe. So what has your God done lately? Now think about the pagan idols. They are the work of men's hands. Man has a propensity to make idols. He makes his idol in his own image. Now back in the day, they... Carved images with mouths, eyes, ears, ears, noses, hands, and feet. They projected themselves on their idol. And that's what men do. When they make a god, they make the god in their own image. They make them to be kind of super versions of themselves. But the problem is that the whole thing is a lie. They make their idols but their idols are inferior to themselves. They are senseless. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. Eyes, but they cannot see ears, but they cannot hear hands, but they cannot do anything. So a man's idol is actually less than he is. Now the problem is that whatever idol a person makes, that person will become like that idol he'll become like the idol that he worships. Therefore, if they have made blind, deaf, mute idols that can do nothing worthwhile, then guess what? They will become the same way. Blind, deaf, mute. They won't be able to do anything of value. Now, we may chuckle at the stupidity of people making carved images and worshiping their their little gods, but... The truth is that people have idols today. A man's idol is his master passion. It's what he lives for. It could be pleasure, money, power, sex, or intellectual pursuits. But if he worships these things, then he will become just like them, senseless and spiritually dead. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Do you know that it never goes out of style? Trusting in the Lord. (laughs) You can trust in the Lord in any generation at any time with anything going on in the world, and you'll still come out ahead in the end. And so the psalmist says, trust in the Lord. Why? Because he is your help and your shield. You trust in him and you will not be put to shame. So he calls upon the house of Aaron, the priests, and he says, trust in the Lord. And then he says to those of you who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. Okay, you fear him. You fear doing the wrong thing, but do you trust him with all of your heart? That's what it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge or know him, and he will direct your paths. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more. You and your children, may you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. So the Lord is mindful of us. David said that if I were to number your thoughts concerning me, they would outnumber the grains of sand on the seashores. That's a lot of thoughts. Then he says, may he bless you and give you an increase, both you and your children. The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. So the heavens belong to the Lord God gave the earth to man. He gave man dominion over it. But man, when he sinned, sold the earth into Satan's hands. Satan is now the ruler of this world. He says the dead do not praise the Lord. But in fact, when we are in Christ, we don't really die. We continue to go and be with the Lord and praise him forevermore. Thus, we will bless the Lord forevermore. And it's interesting, Warren Wiersbe says to bless the Lord means to ascribe all glory and praise to him, to delight his heart with our joyful and willing thanksgiving and obedience. Listen, you're going to worship something. You're either going to worship some God, something, someone or yourself, or you can worship the true and living God who
1: blesses those who trust in him forever. please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll look at Psalm 116, where the psalmist loves the Lord for delivering him from the pains of death. What can he render to God for his mercy? He will pay his vows and offer thanksgiving. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.